Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our deep dive into Dolly Parton's Rockstar. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And we just did the first part of this last week for you all. And uh, went through it all. And it's an interesting album. There's a mix of covers and originals, lots of crazy guests on it. If you missed out, um, Dolly Parton did this album because she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2022. And at first declined, saying, no, that's not for me. I'm not a rock artist. But, uh, well, the Rock Hall put her in anyway. But she said, well, I'm going to make a rock album. And so... Now we have Rockstar. It's been a pretty anticipated release this year. And uh, it's a it's a wild ride. It's a bit all over the map in terms of things covered on it. I will say. It is. It is. And if you missed the first part, of course, go back, check it out after you're yes. done listening to this one. But some stuff that we were touching on is just the fact of it being a rock concept, trying to figure out how to do it best with Dolly and these artists and whether or not it really stands up to the source material that it's paying homage to. There have been some super spot on hits and some really, really off the wall misses in in our opinion so far, but almost like some of the bad reviews that we've seen, they always end with it's Dolly, you know? So we, even though there have been these misses and hits, it's been super fun going through it, and it has that dolliness in it, regardless. So get ready for part two. Yeah, most definitely. And our second half of this wild ride begins with the overall the 16th song on the album. But the first one that we're covering today is Keep On Loving You, an REO Speedwagon cover featuring the lead singer Kevin Cronin. Uh in its original form, this is a song that I've always enjoyed. I don't always seek it out, but I really enjoy it when I do hear it come on. Um, definitely one of those songs. Uh, in the first half of the album, Dolly did a cover of Journey's Open Arms with Steve Perry, which is kind of a similar song to this, and I feel like that 80s power ballad card was punched already with the Open Arms cover, which we both thought was beautiful. Um, this is just not necessary. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't need it. And Kevin Cronin is no Steve Perry. Yeah, it's uh, as far as to the source material, it stands up. But do we it, like you said, it's almost been done already on this album. And this is the kind of track for me that if you're going to do these different versions these deluxe versions and things like that this one could find its way there uh and be cool because it's an extra track and it's you know it's not taking up a spot on this album i i i'm with you this one could have been not here and i wouldn't have been heartbroken and that being said it, it it's done well um and something that we touched on in the in the first half is taking that back seat, so to speak, with the artist who's doing the original. This one is along those same lines where they, they come at it in a different perspective and let Dolly do her thing. But it just, it falls sort of flat and it's been done. Yeah, but uh, what we can say is the next song is definitely not something that has been done yet here. We are going a little disco actually with uh, this overall 17th track, which is Heart of Glass. Uh, she is joined by the one and only Debbie Harry here. Uh, Debbie's voice is a lot lower than it used to be. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, 
But you know what? It's still Debbie Harry. Uh, she still is a truly iconic presence and personality, and it's never really been about the vocals with her. It's more about her overall attitude. And she still has it, and she's 78. So go on, Debbie. I love to see that. Um, I do not like the production of this at all. It is way too synthetic. Um, what make a big part of what makes Heart of Glass a great song in its original form is it's a disco song, but it has that raw punk CBGB feel because Blondie was that band. It's still got that edge to it. That's completely gone here. There's none of that. This is so sanitized. It really bothers me. Honestly, I made a complaint about this in the first part with Long As I Can See the Light. Uh, I'm a bigger Blondie fan than I am of CCR. It bothers me a lot more here. I love that these two ladies sang together. Um, I think they're both incredible once-in-a-lifetime talents. And Debbie Harry, I absolutely think, should be included on the album. I wish she was used elsewhere, because I can't think of a Blondie song that would have made this transition well if this was what it was going to sound like. I'm totally with you. I'm to the point where I say, I really wonder, we go back to those mini fantasies going through this album and thinking about the different artists and their takes, but I really wonder if Debbie Harry got a chance to listen to this in its final, like after production in its final form, because I, and I haven't said this yet, but this is the really the first time where I think this would have been spot on and it would have worked out well if the production on this was done correctly. It was, oh man, I, I have a really hard time with this. I'm so glad you said you were on the same page because I thought maybe I was being too critical of it but it's almost like a like, like a college senior is doing this you know for for a, for a project in production like it's it is sanitized as being nice it is it, it's raw it, and raw in the wrong way it's so bland is the word i'm looking for it really is it's a bland production of really a great song but really a great duet that that could have been heralded on this album i think this could have shined man christ almighty i feel like i know people that could have produced this better you know and and, and they don't do it for a living this that that was the miss on it it, it makes me angry because I, I really think this one could have shined yeah this isn't it doesn't injustice to the song and to debbie harry and to dolly it's yeah. Actually, I'll say it right now, definitely my least favorite at this point, because it could have been so much better. I don't want it to be my least favorite. That's why I'm angry. Like, it, I know. it really is. Mm. It's terrible. I never could imagine not liking Heart of Glass in any form, but... For real. Uh, but fortunately, the only way to go is up from that, I think. So uh, we are on to our next track, which is... um. Don't let the sun go down on me. This one, it, she has Elton John duetting with her. Um, I'm not going to lie. Seeing this as the song that they chose, I was a little disappointed because this was already done very well as a duet with George Michael back in the 90s. And it was a hit. So I'm not quite sure why we felt the need to um, go back to that well. The thing is, though, at this point, Elton John has performed his songs with everybody at this point all of his hits have been performed with another person so 
there is no uh, going back in that regard. But that being said, I'm ha- very happy he's, he's here. He has an incredible songbook. But I actually, I think it's a well-done rendition of a beautiful song, albeit an overdone song. I wish, this is one, I wish they did one of Elton's rockers. I wish, I think, ideally they would have done the bitches back. That would have been my first pick. But even Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, I think that that would have been the ideal kind of rock song for Dolly Parton to do something a bit more, I don't know, mellow, like with that Elton John vibe. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like at the end of our first book, we were saying instead of Satisfaction, she should have done a Stone's Ballad. In this case, not as severely. I think she should have done a, Elton John up tempo. I think it would have fit this point in the album too, because it's kind of a long song and it's right in between these up tempo ones. Yeah, I, I'm done trying to decipher why. I, th- I'm I'm convinced at this point they were throwing darts at a dartboard and be like, okay, next track is this. Next track is this. There is no rhyme or reason to the pacing and arrangement of this album. Um, I love it, man. In my notes, you are always. Uh, first note I have on this is Elton John does this in his sleep and that's in regards to doing a great duet with a superstar on any of his hits Uh, it's what he does this one shines regardless because it's old hat to him Um, I'm with you I would I wonder why this was chosen it's beautiful it's done beautiful but I think there is so much opportunity missed having her not do something um up tempo like you said saturday night's all right uh you know i can see her singing it you know (laughs) i can see her getting down and it fits that in a weird way it fits that country mentality of her too a lot of his up tempo stuff so it's definitely one to listen to it's really cool it's done well Elton John knows what he's doing. Dolly knows what she's doing. Uh, we This one, I will say, is another one where it's a straight duet. This one, it doesn't feel like Elton's taking any background. They, they're in the, the middle here, but I'm okay with it because I'm so accustomed to Elton doing this with, with stars. So I, I dig it. Yeah, and his voice is too powerful to be contained, uh, frankly. Yeah, definitely on the docket for 2024 at some point we have to do an Elton John album. That's <laughs> kind of yeah. shocked we haven't yet. Yeah, for real. How do, whoa, we definitely need to do an Elton John yeah, album. I'm pretty shocked we haven't now that I figure it with this guest list, it's like we've done a few of them and a lot of the ones we haven't done, it's pretty shocking that we haven't. So we probably will at some point soon because I'm thinking, wow, we really need to do Elton John. <laughs> Yeah, man, I definitely, how is that possible? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But we haven't done it. That's so crazy. But um, we'll worry about what Elton John album we do in the future. In the meantime, we have our next Dolly composition here, which is Tried to Rock and Roll Me. And this is a duet with Melissa Etheridge. Um, This is a, this song, I think they're having fun together. I will give them that. I really, a bit of a hot tea take, maybe, depending on who's listening. Um, I think Melissa Etheridge seems like a really cool person. And uh, 
She's definitely written some good songs. I don't really care for her singing. I don't think she has a very great voice. Like I, it's odd to me. Like I often do like that kind of tone, but something about hers, I don't. She's very raw. She definitely has passion, but it's just it's really rough sounding next to Dolly Parton, especially. I think. Um, just I kind of wish it was a different duet partner, maybe even Debbie Harry. Or yeah. that that might be a stretch, maybe, but I don't know. I just don't. It's just not my favorite voice. No, I'm with you. This is the second time on the originals that we've been like, eh, maybe this is just a Dolly piece, or maybe this is, you know, maybe a different partner here. I and I dig Etheridge, man. You know, I really do. I I'm with you. They're having fun. For me, it's to just a little bit to the demise of of this song. It almost feels a tad bit loose because it it feels like just a uh almost like a jam almost like a first take run it's a neat song but again a lot of the original material here i have a, a hard time being like man maybe that's just a dolly song you know um, yeah and, and this might be the case as well or is the case as well for me uh as much as i dig etheridge she's she's cool but unfortunately this one doesn't doesn't stick the landing, as yeah. we say, as far as the album goes. Yeah, un unfortunately not. But uh, it's a pretty quick original. We are on to another cover right after that. And the, this one is actually a song that she's recorded before, Stairway to Heaven. Uh, this song was featured in a different form on Dolly's 2002 album, Halos and Horns, which is a bluegrass album. And... um. She decided to reinterpret the song, add some real gospel to it. And Robert Plant and Jimmy Page loved it. They loved what she did with the song back in 2002. Um, she wasn't able to get them to participate in this. Uh, why, I'm not quite clear. But uh, in the instrumental list of note is Lizzo. She's playing the flute on it. No singing. I'm... Glad I cannot imagine Lizzo singing any Led Zeppelin song. That's for sure. Um, I'm a little. This is a really uninspired cover choice. She already did the song over twenty years ago. I don't see going why what going back and doing it again is going to do. Um, I, I mean Zeppelin's a very much an essential band. It's hard to imagine doing a rock covers album without doing the Zeppelin song, but this is another case where it would have probably been better for her to do any of their acoustic songs, of which there's a lot to choose from. This was uh, um, this was just such a bland a choice. I'm disappointed that we didn't pick something different. I'm going to take a deep breath before I go into this one. And I will lead with, she could have chose going to California yep. or or babe i'm gonna leave you and probably would have brought me to tears unfortunately oh man always with all due respect to you dolly you brought me to tears in the wrong way with this cover of stairway um going in composition wise we're not even two phrases in and we've already changed the chord or not the chord progression but the just the notation, we've taken it on an up rather than a down in both iterations uh, going in. I will say Lizzo's flute 
is really a neat addition to an an arrangement this arrangement but an arrangement of stairway she did a great job she definitely realized what her job was here and I, I, she complimented the the original arrangement at the very least with some cool effects and for me the real piece that i took away from this whole thing was her uh flute playing that i really enjoyed super nitpick for me but dolly switched the words up sometimes words have two meanings is the way the song went and now she switched it to words sometimes have two meanings and it really messes with my brain um it maybe if this was a stronger run on this i wouldn't have even noticed i probably would have but i wouldn't have taken much critical offense here it just never gets off the ground man like you have a we, we talked about the sanitized riff not taken away from the player but i mean you have that cookie cutter here's the jimmy page riff note for note or as well as i could do it the drums on it are not the best I, i'm 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 choosing i'm not choosing violence here <laughs> as far as as far as what i want to say about the drums um yeah, man, it doesn't. It, oh, I hate it. I, I don't really ever say that word, period. I mean. But I freaking hate this. It pained me to listen to it the five times I listened to it. And oh, I, you, I, you did it that many times. I'll I'll give you credit for that because I did not. Because <laughs> I won. I, well, I won. I, I needed to nitpick through it just because I really wanted to see where they went. Because if you're going to, it's tough, man. It's the curse of Stairway, you know? And and don't get me wrong, she did. That, that 2002, love it. But the curse of Stairway is if you choose to undertake this song, it's a monster, man. It's a monster on so many different levels, and it can be done so wrong, not even trying to. Um, this, this one, yeah, no way. Lizzo, shout out, beautiful flute piece. Other than that, Dal. Not for me on this one, man. Yeah, Lizzo, record the song with record it with Ann Wilson because we all know Ann Wilson can sing stairway. That's true. That's right. She's still doing it, man. <laughs> but, she still does it. That's what yeah. she's the only one allowed. Actually, I think. Let's be real with the Dolly Tree. Yeah, Dolly treats some of the nuances in this. It's 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 plant too. So it's it's not an easy thing she just treats them too soft here uh and it, it doesn't carry i'm sorry i have so many negative feelings about this i don't know if you guys can tell if you're long time <laughs> listeners you can tell i'm pulling the punches here i i, I said the word hate which is crazy yeah we but... don't like the we don't hate much on this show uh, but man i can do without never hearing that one again yeah, this was a big mess um <laughs> uh all right, but anyway, oh, now we're going to go on to another legendary rock band with a legendary singer uh, for the 21st track on the album. We are the champions slash we will rock you. So she, she switched the order of the medley, which I think was a brilliant idea, actually. I think that was the right thing to do. Um, Because we are the champions is just the more natural fit for Dolly Parton to be singing them, we will rock you. <laughs> to be frank, um, the arrangement doesn't stray from the original that much, and she doesn't try to do the Freddie Mercury vocal gymnastics 
nor should she try. Very different singers. However, I will say, I think artistically, this is successful because this is a woman who has been in this industry now for almost 60 years. She has seen and done a lot. She's had astonishing highs, devastating lows. So to me, to hear her sing We Are the Champions, it is a true triumphant moment. Uh, it, it is an odd fit on paper. I don't know the whole consensus on it, but I think for me, I think she really meant it when she sang it. And because of that, I am, I enjoy this cover. I fully support this. I think this is much better than the, some of, than our other British rock band covers, much better than the Stones and Zeppelin ones. This uh, wasn't an easy one to do, but I think this was a really good choice and I like it. I'm going to start out with you on the same page. I love it. Uh, as far as the We Are the Champions piece, she does a great job. She pays homage. She doesn't, she makes it her own and still sticks right there. It's perfect for her in this weird way that some of these tracks that I don't think are going to be perfect for her and she belts them out and crushes it. This one just feels right with her singing it. I am not on the same page with the flip over of We Will Rock You. And I'll tell you why. Leave it off. You have sacrificed the final of the world, which is such a beautiful end line musically. You've sacrificed that to cookie cutter in We Will Rock You for no reason. Like there's no reason for it in this composition. If she would have just done We Are the Champions, this is a hundred percent score for me. I I I I was put off by the We Will Rock You. I, I on paper, I guess you can be like, yeah, but it's paying homage, yeah, yeah. Listen to it though. It cuts off the end of We Are the Champions, where she has a missed opportunity for this final beautiful vocal send-off, and we go into this contrived boom boom clap. Even her doing the "We Will Rock You" and then saying "We Are Champion," uh, "We Are the Champions" inside there doesn't save it. It just it's contrived and no, no, no. I I feel like I'm saying no all the time, and I really have had a fun time with this album. But that's just that it's how it goes here. I well, don't I don't dig it on the end of this. Well, in fairness, there is some better stuff coming up. Uh, I actually, I would say actually probably at this point, um, if we're going to break the album into like thirds, I feel like this last third is overall collectively the strongest. Uh, I would, you know what? Yeah, I'll say it very well may be the strongest set of songs. There aren't too many losers here for me in this one. Um right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, one of the not loser songs is the next one, which is an original song called Bygones. Bygones. That's the name of the song. This is a duet with Rob Halford of Judas Priest. 
and it features Nikki Six on bass and John Five on guitar. John Five was the guitarist for um Andrew WK, I think, but now he is the current guitarist in Motley Crue because they fired Mick Mars. And he he's yeah, he played with Manson back in the day. Yeah. Or uh, at some point. Yep. Yeah, Mick Mars is pissed about that. I think he's actually suing Motley Crue. So that's very nice. But uh I will say I'm definitely glad they didn't have Vince Neil sing this with her. We uh <laughs> not a great singer. I do love these the Motley Crue songs, but especially these days, he is sounding rough. He is sounding rough. Um, but we get Rob Halford instead, who sounds great, and he actually sounds good with Dolly. This is definitely the most, this is the heaviest song here. This is borderline full metal. Uh, it's as metal as Dolly Parton's ever gonna get, that's for sure. But it's a very nice song about just moving on and letting bygones be bygones. And uh, that's a beautiful message. We, we're going to have to let bygones be bygones with uh, Stairway to Heaven, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> no, uh, <I'm> not. <laughs> you're not. Okay. <laughs> Never letting it go. <laughs> but um, this is a contender along with one other song for my favorite original here. Definitely. There's another contender. We're not there yet, but this is a good one. I am a fan of this. Yeah, as far as the originals go, who would have thunk that I was going to say the one with Nikki Six, John Five, and Rob Halford on it was going to be the the best Dolly original on this or up there for best Dolly original. Um, it rocks. This is, for me, in my opinion, this is like the statement piece of the album. You know, we've been touching classic rock and we've been touching areas around, but we really, you said it the best, this is as close to heavy metal as Dolly's ever going to get. And this song rocks. This is a rock star song with rock stars in it. And it it, it really does a great job going through it and getting it done. It's uh, it's wild that this is going to be up there for, for best original um, in, in just a really cool laugh about it sense. But it is. This song, this song gets at it. Yeah, it rocks. It does. <laughs> Bit on the nose, but it does rock. But um, now, to be fair, the next song is an original, but we're not counting it as one of the new originals because it is not a new song. In fact, it's older than quite a few of the covers here. This song is um, My Blue Tears. This was a 1971 hit for Dolly Parton. It was on her Code of Many Colors album, which many consider to be her greatest album. And that this one, it features it, it. And it's not the first time she's re-recorded it. She re-recorded this song for 2001's Little Sparrow album because she felt it fit the concept of that. This version features Simon Laban of Duran Duran. Uh, this was an idea they got because she he Duran Duran was part of the Rock Hall class of 2022 along with Dolly. So that was how they connected. I think she thought it would be good to get some of her fellow inductees at the same time as her in there and uh it doesn't but the song doesn't change too drastically which i think is a good thing and uh i'm glad that we have a vintage dolly tune here because it does remind us of why we're here in the first place because um it's really hard to go wrong with those 70s dolly songs they are so many classic tunes this isn't the top of the notch of them all but it is a good song and uh i mean yeah, I'm just I'm glad we have that reminder of the roots and why we're doing this in the first place, because it all goes back to these beautiful songs she's written for us over the years. 
Yeah, I think it's super important to have this as well. Such a really neat thing. This plays into the mini fantasies for me because for the first time on this album, the mini fantasy here is, you know, Laban being like, hey, instead of doing a Duran Duran jam, let's do a deep cut or, or you know, almost like a deep cut. Let's do one of your tunes. Maybe it's one that he loves or one that's beloved by the band. And I think that's super super huge and and this album in my opinion I, I i and yours um i don't think it would be complete without a dolly uh old school classic here and it, it fits and and it's done well it's it's a really neat addition to this album yeah i would like to think dolly knew better than to attempt to sing hungry like the wolf so I was, that was the other side of the fantasy. It's like, what would they do? And I think this is the best or, way for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they could do the reflex. <laughs> also, you, you, I can't imagine any of them. No, not at no all. No Duran Duran hit. Oh, maybe Ordinary World. Maybe Ordinary World. Yeah. That's but, a maybe, though. Yeah. I think this was the the best way to go forever definitely <laughs> no <laughs> no view to a kill here <laughs> heard that heard that <laughs> but um unfortunately not all of the um, not as much thought was put into every cover choice and in terms of whether or not it would work and an example of that's the, that's the next one um what's up you, uh, many people who hear this song probably know it as What's Going On, but it is not called that to avoid confusion with Marvin Gaye, even though when you hear it, you will never think that, ever, mostly because one is good and the other is not. Um, uh, yeah, this song was by a group called Four Non Blondes in 1993. It, they were a one-hit wonder, but their lead singer and songwriter, Linda Perry, she went on to be a successful writer and producer for other artists. She did multiple hits for both Pink and Christina Aguilera. Um, now, obviously, none of those songs uh, would have fit on this album at all because they are very pop songs. And some of them are, be well, beautiful. That's Linda Perry, all her. What a great song. This is not a great song, and uh, it I've never, uh, there's a reason people call this one of the worst songs of all time, and a big part of that has to do with Linda Perry's shrieking of, I say, hey, what's going on? It is, it is rough, all that, hey, hey, hey. Now, Dolly does not attempt to do that, but at the same time, the song really loses its personality because of it, and... Uh, I understand wanting to represent different eras. We've definitely gone very heavily into the 70s and 80s in terms of rock. Not really any 90s representation, but this song, really? And it, she doesn't add anything to it. She doesn't make it better. It's just not a very good song that's just stuck around forever, though. I can see where you're coming from. I was... I was oddly curious again with this when I saw it on there because immediately you're like, okay, wait a minute. I, I guess Dolly could hit and do the register. Maybe uh, let's see her if she'll try. I'm glad that she didn't go to that level here. Uh, I'm with you where the song loses a little bit of its personality there, but I do think she handled it well. 
it almost and uh, again i go into these mini fantasies where i'm living inside the, the the creative process here this might be a machine play uh this might be one of the ones where they're like look we really want you to do this and i think the reason that she handles it on her own is because she has to uh not in a sense of like oh my gosh i gotta do this but more so in a sense of we'd really like this to be on there and she's like okay that's a fun one um and she handles it as best she can um not up there for number one contender at all on this album but i'm with the fact like you said that we're we're covering different eras um it is a iconic much to the chagrin of many people in an iconic earwig uh, of a piece so it has a little bit of that I'm, I'm giving silver lining playbook stuff here it has a little bit of that dolly playfulness in it so to speak and i i give it marks on those merits alone <laughs> i mean admittedly part of my problem might be that one of the girls who didn't like me in high school used to sing this song i just that's who i think of and it's like that's not what i want to think of no now you can think of dolly <laughs> That's a much better thought, but I still, yeah, it is much to the chagrin. Is it? Is it to the chagrin of you that this song is iconic? No, I, I've I've always loved this song. <laughs> this oh is, man, this is like a super guilty pleasure song for me. Um, what was this in your CD binder? Oh, most definitely. Oh, <laughs> I get down with with this song and this where it hit inside of my life like as far you know like how old i was this was just a fun song that you could sing and your parents wouldn't get mad at you for singing <laughs> this is this is just one of those guilty pleasures for me that's the only <laughs> acceptable answer <laughs> but it is stuck around so but anyway we are going to move on to um to a different a, a different cover, and this one has a lot of history for Dolly. Quite a bit, actually. Um, this is You're No Good. This song was first recorded in 1963 by Dee Dee Warwick, sister of Dion, and quite a few others, but the most well-known version came from Linda Ronstadt in 1974. And um, Linda Ronstadt and Dolly Parton have had a long history. They did many collaborations together, including two albums with Emmylou Harris, who, guess what, is on the song. So what a beautiful reunion of Dolly and Emmylou because of that shared history. Now, Linda Ronstadt has had to retire from music due to health issues that have left her unable to sing properly. Um, but instead, we get none other than the subject of uh, one of our most recent episodes, Cheryl Crow. So, um, and they both get, Dolly definitely takes the lead on it. Um, Emmy Lou and Cheryl do get their little bits in it. Uh, I do think the production's a bit synthetic on this one. And it is a bit, against the Ron Sat arrangement, it's a bit odd to hear Dolly taking the lead. I think Cheryl Crow's actually probably would have been the best fit to take the lead on this song. But I am, I'm going to overlook a lot of that because I really do love the history of that trio. And I think it was really beautiful that she did a song that her friend made famous and with their other friend. And Cheryl Crow obviously admires all of these people and was at Ron Stats Rock Hall induction performing. So 
I'm I'm gonna there are things that I don't love about it, but the history makes it really important to be here. And on that grounds, I'm glad it's here. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm gonna get it out of the way real quick. It just seems like some of these tracks, there's just tracks on this album that are handled in production poorly slash not to their potential get that out of the way this was such a cool track man this was like hearing three sisters eldest to youngest going at it you know and i'm with you i could see this being done live in different variations as far as uh different artists taking different um verses and 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 different parts but i love the fact that we're here on dolly's album so again she gets to take the the front runner seat here while um you know inside of this my my little story here uh you know her two younger sisters are are backing her up it's a really and then you, you add you add the ron stant stuff over top of it there's so many layers of history and beautifulness here friendships it, there's no way this song doesn't come out and bring joy to you um regardless of the production on it really really happy just like you said happy to have it yeah definitely um just what a great trivia if you haven't i definitely recommend watching the linda ronstadt documentary the sound of my voice they talk quite a bit in there about her collaborations with dolly and emmy lou they're both in the documentary and it's just a great story all around about a great talent to but uh, we're going to move on to a song featuring another great talent now. Another great female rocker is um the person who originated our next track, which is Heartbreaker. It's Pat Benatar, and her and her husband, Neil Giraldo, joined for this one. Uh, I, Pat Benatar was also part of the Rock Hall class of 2022, along with Neil. Um, I do like that Dolly shouts Neil out in this song because... Uh, uh, Pat and Neil make it very clear, like they build themselves together. They make it very clear that they are a duo. They are a team. It is not just her. Even if many of her records have been billed as just her, they definitely see themselves as collaborators and they're very successful collaborators. Um, I think Heartbreaker is a classic song. I love the tune. This is another one where I think Dolly could have done the song really well with a different arrangement. But the heavy rock arrangement, kind of like I Hate Myself for Loving You, it's an odd fit. And uh, Pat Benatar still sounds fantastic and powerful. And she kind of wipes the floor with this one uh, because it's her song. There's no competition. Like, nobody can compete with that, not even Dolly Parton. And um, there was a much better song choice here so obvious we belong <laughs> that was it that was the song they should have done yeah the, the fit here is definitely one where i've been preaching how much i love the artists taking their their pieces in a different light and taking a step back i don't think it was in any malicious oh, intent no. here no but that it's just Benatar's too heavy, man. <laughs> and the, as far as just so full and rich, not to take anything away from Dolly, but it was a hard sell from the beginning uh, with this composition, with this arrangement, period. Um, you know, it. 
I, I, I'm not going to say worst. It just, it's such a weird fit that this one might be on the lines and I'm not taking away from anybody's performance. I'm just saying for the sake of conversation, this one is more along the lines of the mindset that we were talking about in the first episode of this Dalioki. Uh, this one sort of hits here on that level for me, which hasn't happened many times on this album for me. But just because of her place on this arrangement doesn't, again, doesn't stick that landing like it should to be on this album. Yeah, I agree. But unfortunately, the next song is an original, so we don't have to worry about karaoke of any kind. Uh, this song is bittersweet. It's a duet with Michael McDonald. Um so uh as for the song itself i think it's like a nice love ballad um i do not like the production on michael mcdonald's voice and i really don't understand it because i know it's not him i actually saw the doobie brothers live last year and michael mcdonald still got it he sounded great on all of the songs that he sang lead on he killed it minute by minute what a fool believes he was doing it they really messed up a great, unique voice and how it was handled here. Dolly sounds good on the song. Um, they're definitely not the they're not the first people you can think of singing together. That's for sure. This would have been a good duet if it weren't for the production on McDonald's voice that ruined it for me. Yeah, man, it, it we're getting this is the third time we've said it on her original stuff, and I understand we're doing. We're bringing in everybody and we're doing it well. I'm with you. I, they're touring still. Like, you, he can hit. If you're not going to do a Doobie Brothers song with him, then why try to... Uh, it, it makes no sense. It's another angry topic for me is the way that he's handled in this. You could have put another singer in there and not used him here and and done what you wanted with 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 the production on the voice uh, but you chose to have him here it, it just seems like a waste for me and it's another one where i don't dislike the song i really don't I, it's it's a cool song it's just I, I don't understand why it's handled like this especially from a production standpoint um it's it stinks it's another one that i don't like to say negative things on because i i like the song it, it just comes up with these originals i'm back at that either or mindset where it's like it's not the one for this one so it's either dolly alone or pick another partner and please don't badger up the the, the vocals on it like that you know yeah yeah and it, it yeah they did michael mcdonald dirty here they did it, there's no other way to say it uh and I tried to listen to it more than once. I'm like, is this cracked? It's it's just messed up. And it's a shame. I'm, I'm totally with you. I listened to it over and over like, come on. Just trying to find silver lining stuff in there. And, yeah. And just. Ugh. Well, especially when I know that he sounds better than that. That was the most frustrating thing for me. He does sound better than that. And it gives a bad impression because somebody could pick this. But, oh, Michael McDonald can't sing that well anymore. That's what yeah. somebody's going to think when they hear this. I feel you. I, you know, I know we're on original, but any doobie picks that you would have loved to hear Dolly do? From the, the Michael McDonald era, it's really hard to think of one, honestly. Um, I feel you. 
Yeah, no, odd fit again. Uh, I mean, from the earlier eras, maybe like long train running could have worked, maybe. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine her doing like what a fool believes or minute by minute. Now, I no. I wouldn't say don't use him, but well, don't use him if you're going to mess up his voice and how exactly. it sounds. I'm totally with you. Um, but uh, we are now on to our last original song here. That's so crazy that this is the last original. Um, it is I Dreamed About Elvis. This is a duet with Ronnie McDowell, who I hadn't heard of before. But he actually had a hit in 1977 called The King Is Gone, which was a tribute to Elvis shortly after his death. Um, and so he does a Elvis impression here. Um, and we also get backing vocals from the Jordanaires, who were the backing vocalists on many Elvis records. Um, this is the other contender for favorite original for me. It's a lot of fun. Like, <laughs> it's just... Like, it's just, I dreamed about Elvis. We sang all our, his songs together. And I especially love that reference to, he almost sang I Will Always Love You, but the colonel screwed it up, which was a true story. <laughs> um, Because Elvis did want to record I Will Always Love You, but the colonel, Tom Parker, said, well, uh, Elvis only does songs where we get half of the publishing rights for it. And Dolly just said, oh, I can't do that. It's my song. It's already a success. And uh, people thought she was stupid for turning them down like it's Elvis. But, well, it paid off very nicely for her almost 20 years later, as we all know, thanks to Whitney Houston. <laughs> but yeah, I love this one. So much fun. Yeah, this is up there for favorite thing on the whole album because... Yeah. You know, it, we talk about the Ronstadt stuff and and the the shout outs to the people that can't be here and and just even some of the artists that weren't able to make it, whether it be scheduling or or health issues or whatever, to see this many original tracks on this album, which was unexpected for me, and then get this towards the end, where in my opinion, this is just an old school Dolly song. And it doesn't matter if if it's part of this rock premise because not even in a morbid sense, but just as far as getting in years and 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 you know, even just retiring, period. Long story short, this is a great chance and maybe one of the last chances that she gets to record this album, record an album and get it out to everybody that she's loved for millions of years this one is heartfelt playful hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I mean, we're literally walking through a dream of her and Elvis. There, It is so heartwarming. It's such a unique opportunity and piece to have right here. Uh, talk about stuff that I'm glad we have. I'm glad we have this. This is this is Dolly, man. 120% here. No stuff of that life. No stuff. It is classic Dolly song. It doesn't matter where it is. It, I'm glad it's here. Yeah, man. But we're going to go from a tribute to the king, a classic Dolly song, to a classic Beatles song. Let it be. Uh, this is not your average Beatles cover, though, because... Paul McCartney is singing it with her on the chorus. Um, Again, a smart move, I think. He lets her sing the song. It's her album. He doesn't have to do it himself because, like, it's his song. He's done it a million times. We also get Ringo Starr on the drums, Mick Fleetwood on percussion, and Peter Frampton on guitar. Um, And this was... I've chided some of the other band song choices from earlier here. Like, the Zeppelin choice wasn't the best. The Stones choice really wasn't the best. This was the perfect Beatles choice. Um, I think she sings this song beautifully. It's a song that's been done a lot, but she's still just, I can't complain when it sounds so good. And the guitar solo at first was so jarring because you have the similar arrangement, and it is not a copy of George Harrison's solo. It is... it. Frampton's own creation, but after more than one listen, I can appreciate it. It's not George Harrison quite, but I enjoy it in its own right. Um, I mean, I think it says something that McCartney himself co-signed on this by singing it. Uh, that is not something that happens every day. It's pretty wild that we get that. I, I'm Really glad this is here. I think this was the best Beatles song for her to have done, and I think it was well done. Yeah, man. <laughs> we went from a Dolly dream to a Corey dream. I mean, <laughs> this, got, look at who you got on this, and the fact, ah, man, I, I'm sorry you guys have had to hear me say this so many times, but the fact that these artists are taking a new perspective and and taking a back seat here. This back seat isn't too far in the back of the car for any of these guys. And Dolly takes them all the way through with Hot Tea Take. This is the one on the album, man. This is the one for me where it really, as far as all of the artists together and Dolly really just seemed to be the glove fit here it 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 is really really well done the frampton lick is something that we talk about happy to to have (laughs) frampton solo and on let it be let's go man let's go who thought we would get that nugget on a dolly parton album um of course paul being here and ringo being here co-sign on that says amazing things about what this song is it's really well done i have one gripe with this song and that is and maybe it's the beatles in me but and the album with this song this is this this is a perfect album ender um we'll talk more about it and on the next track but this one i know the arrangement I, i said i was done with going through it but this one really could have been the feather on the cap here 
and it's let it be. I, it is the Beatles <laughs> fan in me, but still, yeah. like, let it, let it be, let it be the ending of this album. It's the Beatlemaniac in you. I, it is. <laughs> I mean, hard, it, it's it's hard to deny it. I definitely am more of a Beatlemaniac than I am a fan of the band that does actually close the album in its own way. But, um, well, it, it's time to discuss it. We're at the end, and this album ends with Leonard Skinner's Freebird. Now, when I saw this was the closing track, I kind of was like, seriously, I think this song's really overplayed and overrated in general. Um, so I wasn't really looking forward to it. It said featuring Leonard Skinner. And I, I assumed, okay, it'll be the current version touring. I know they're touring again this year, apparently, with ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, they were. They're never not touring. but <laughs> Yeah, they're, uh, even though... They all got in a plane crash. They've gotten plenty of people to tour as Leonard Skinner. Okay. So, not super excited about this. However, first off, being a Southern rock band, it actually does fit Dolly Parton well to do a Leonard Skinner song. Uh, even if I would have probably preferred her to do Simple Man over this one, honestly. But this still, she's doing Freebird. The ballad portion of her singing, this is absolutely beautiful. I was shocked by how much I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, she really brought it, actually. Um, this is... Whoa, she just sounds amazing. Possibly the best vocal on the whole album, I think, when she sings it. And then we get the original vocals from the late Ronnie Van Zant. Uh... Um, his widow has not allowed Leonard Skinner to use his vocals, but she did say yes to Dolly. And that was really unexpected and beautiful to hear. I was like, okay, we're really actually, this is really more poignant than I was expecting with the original vocals and her sounding so beautiful. I've always preferred the slower portion of the song to the faster portion of Freebird. And this cover does go on for almost 11 minutes, but I actually think this is the perfect closer to all of this. Uh, it's not my favorite song ever, but I think it was really well done here and uh, very poignant. And um, the guitarist on this song, actually, Gary Rossington, he was the touring guitarist for Leonard Skirt. He passed away in March of this year. So his playing on here is really good. And it's now, uh, sadly, a, sense of poignancy but i actually thought this was a ideal closer yeah i i can feel you with the closer and it's it's a leonard skinner live closer this is perfectly done all the way through i'm with you a hundred percent on almost it's crazy to say but like best vocal performance on the album she's getting down she feels right there and then you get those original vocals inside of that. I didn't realize what you were saying about his widow and, and not uh, letting anybody use it, but that speaks to the Dolly, the power of the Dolliness. Um, you know, it, if anybody's deserving of it, Dolly is, uh, and she does wonders with it. This is, is really handled so perfectly. The only reason, well, outside of the Beatle maniac in me that I say this isn't a closer is I feel like this could have really 
breathe some fresh air inside of a little bit of the doldrum that was getting right before the last third of the album. Um, it is a great closer. It's phenomenal. And it, like I said before, it's it's Skinner's encore song for a million years. Uh, it's just that song. I also was like, man, are they going to do the whole free bird? You know, it's an old joke. <laughs> you know, play free bird, but it's such a long song. And they did, and they did it well. Um, a fitting, a fitting ending to this awesome rock and roll experience with Dolly Parton. Yeah, a quite the experience it was through many highs and lows. All 30 songs of it. So insane <laughs> that we did this. I do. I mean, there's like two or three albums in the whole thing, like I said in the first part. So, but they put it all out at once. Uh, I'm sure that'll help the streaming numbers, though. I'm sure that's something they considered because uh, that's what helps some people on the charts by doing all of that. But um, now we've come to the end of this wild journey. So crazy that we've done it. Uh, it's almost... This is so different from all the other things we've done. It's almost hard to grade it, I feel like, in a way. It is tough. It is tough to to put a grade on something that is such a uh, such a heartfelt and and from the heart experience or really even premise, you know, for Dolly to be humble enough to be like, now nah, I'm not in the rock and roll hall of fame because I'm, I'm not rock and roll. And if you're going to put me in, I'm going to pull from my favorites and my favorite friends and all these experiences give you some new, it's, it's a, it's a really neat thing. It's, it's, it is tough to grade. I graded it on premise and I graded it on listenability. Okay. What is your grade then? Uh, I mean, front to back, this beautiful, th for me, this is not only just to show that she has rock chops for her own brain, but inside of this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, this album from front to back really reads as a love letter to rock and roll from the queen of country. And it, it it misses here and there and it's gonna miss here and there because you're doing takes on other people's songs and we have even going going through it you and i have had um nostalgia pieces that have have swayed our views a little bit on on songs that's natural um but for the most part she's done a great job the real shining star of this album for me is the fact that all of these top notch if not rock and roll hall of fame artists really had an awesome challenge that they accepted and that is looking at their own music in a different way and letting this queen really come in and share in the rock and roll and that's that's what i took away from this album mostly even with these awesome dolly tracks that we get throughout it really spoke as a a whole album of everybody getting together and paying homage to rock and roll i am giving this on premise and listenability a b but i am giving it a plus in my heart for having it uh because this is a once in a lifetime experience and I'm so glad we have it. Yeah, I'm 
I'm on the same page. Overall, it's a B. I do think it suffers with sequencing a lot is a big issue at times. Um, and just some ideas definitely work better than others. And but overall, like I'm so glad that we have it. And um, the stuff that works really, really works. She knocks it out of the park, even beyond expectations at times. And it does, um, you know, it just kind of makes up for some of the lower points. It makes it easier to forget about those. Like I don't have to dwell on them too much because I have these beautiful songs and collaborations. Um, so yeah, there it is. I'm glad that she went rock for us. And uh, I'm glad we got to talk about Dolly. I really am. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was quite a quite a cool experience. Yeah. Now, I, this is hard also. Out of all 30 songs, what's your favorite on the album? It's it's impossible, man. <laughs> but oh. uh, I, you know what? I'm going Let It Be as far as favorite cover. And then I, I'm favorite original. I love I Dreamed About Elvis, but that's because she just not only reignited, but just upped my flame for, for the love of her and still showed us that she's got it all the way. Okay. Um. Yeah. That I gotta say, I have the same favorite original. That's a pretty. It's just so much fun and classic Dolly. What you want from her? But overall, number one, this is not going to come as a big surprise to anybody who's been listening for a while or knows me. Uh, my favorite overall is what has rock and roll ever done for you? There you go. Um. I mean, of course, I like the song with my favorite of the collaborators on the album and my. Yes, of course I like the Stevie Nicks song the most, but what can I say? <laughs> as long, I, I was about to say, as long as you didn't pick Purple Rain, but you enjoyed that. As long as no, you didn't I, pick Stairway. <laughs> oh, definitely not. No, Purple Rain was beautiful, but I, I had to go with um, I had to go with Miss Nicks on that one. I glad it lived up to expectations. That's for sure. Definitely uh, an awesome one. Yeah, but, um, well, friends, we have come to the end of this wild ride with you all. And of course, if you haven't already, please follow us wherever you're listening to us and on social media at Turntables and Tea Podcast, Facebook and Instagram. Um, Leave us a nice rating and review, too. So we everybody, more people are listening. We always want more people to discover us. Uh. Now, um, next week, we will be off because Corey will be on vacation. So we'll be putting up a holiday rerun for you. And then we will be back with a couple. We are each going to be picking a Christmas album. And um, you you are going first with that. So what did, what um holiday joy will we be getting into when we return? We're back at the christmas albums again and i'm picking one that i grew up on and i wanted to do last year but we were going through ones that we wanted to do together um this one is near and dear to the heart harry connick jr when my heart finds christmas is going to be my pick for this year we're going a little jazzy yeah. that's something we haven't done much of we, we've touched on it but not a full album of the vocal jazz yet so that'll be a fun thing for us to do oh man wait until you hear some of these 
these compositions. I mean, oh, they're, I'm sure they're, these they're, are on the radio already. Some of them, I'm sure. Some of them, some of them but are. But not all of them. Of them. Uh, it's not one that I grew up on, so I'm I'm excited for it. I'll be doing. You'll you'll be hearing my special growing up one next because it it's going to be associated with a cool concert I'm going to. That's all I'll say so far. <laughs> nice. But um, we're going to get there. But yes, it, please do stay tuned. Listen to the rerun. Uh. Hope you enjoy that, and then we'll be back to discuss Mr. Harry Connick Jr. That'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. But until then, live your lives as the rock stars that you are, and take care of yourselves. Peace!